Hello! Welcome to the new Dakota Boys Talk Movies. We're back. There was a long break. Man, a lot of things happened in that break, too. There was James Dean being cast in a Vietnam movie, even though he was dead before Vietnam <laughs> conflict, America was involved. The coronavirus. <laughs> Just Christmas. I don't know. It's been a while, Dakota. Yeah, Since we've really recorded a new episode. Yeah, lots happened. Um, oh, man. The uh, the sun kind of set on the uh, sequels to the Star Wars movies. Just, <laughs> and man, did that baby go down in flames. Holy <laughs> the, cow. The sun went down <laughs> and may never come back up. <laughs> we still got the Mandalorian, Stephen. Uh, we do. We do. We do not have that Obi-Wan Kenobi show, though. <laughs> yeah. The Kansas City Indigenous Peoples won the Super Bowl. I'm guessing that's how they want you to say it now. I don't know. I'll just call them the Chiefs, bro. The, it's the their Chiefs. name. It's how they officially change it. Uh, I, I kept hearing the, the Indian chant, like the Tomahawk song, and I'm just like, I didn't know you were still allowed to do that. I thought they... I thought that was for like the, the old baseball team. It was for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. And then I thought it was like a big deal that they weren't supposed to do it anymore, and then I heard it during the Super Bowl, and I was like, oh, they still do that. Maybe somebody watched Major League before they went to the game, and they're like, <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back, but in a different sport. What well, a twist. <laughs> oh, it's a Shyamalan twist. Oh, man. Well, anyway, we're we're going to be doing a – a review of a movie that's now out to rent or buy, and one that only Dakota has watched. So Dakota's gonna Ooh. Dakota's gonna give his hot take on the. Is it officially a sequel or is it just kind of like? I mean, I guess it is. It is a. You can't call it much else than a sequel to The Shining. Um. Yes, it is. Uh, is it a sequel to the Shining movie? I guess is what it, it is. Means. It is. Oh, I mean, okay. this was released by Warner Brothers, who put out The Shining. Okay. Um. This is, sorry, Doctor Sleep is what it's called. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. we should say that. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Dakota. Doctor Sleep. It's not Dr. Sleep. Dr. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was odd on the on the book. It's Doctors. It's not Dr. You know. Yeah, I abbreviate true. it. But uh, anyway, enough of that shenanigans. This movie is basically a follow up to the movie in that it deals with Danny Torrance's kind of life after the events that transpired. Um, And I'm going to be honest with you, that's definitely the strongest part of this movie. Um, You know, you kind of, you kind of uh, goes into what happened to Danny and his mom after they escaped that just got off a hotel uh, apparently they moved to Florida, as one does, <laughs> and uh, through his use of the for- I mean, The Shining, Dick Holleran <laughs> was able to keep in touch with Danny, and in an, I don't know, this this was odd, but you find out that uh, the ghosts from The Shining had kind of followed Danny, and the the lady from you know that infamous bathroom scene oh, had in particularly taking a shine to young Danny. <laughs> so she's popping up. I mean, does she even see Danny in the shining? Um, it said that he went into the room and she attacked him and you do see his like shirt torn or whatever. Hmm. And, um, yeah. So she comes back, not, not looking, you know, the way we you know, would prefer, but looking just grotesque and horrible. 
Um, but old but old Dick has a has a plan. Apparently, um, you could just lock these monsters away in your mind. That seems dangerous, but okay. <laughs> uh, he tells Danny like when he was young, um, he figured out if you just put these monsters in a box in your mind. Isn't that what happens in Dreamcatcher? Is it? Yeah, there's like aren't because they have like a psychic connection. Oh and, yeah, and they have that monster. Remember, they compartmentalize things That's in their right. in their memories, yeah. and they have him. Stephen King, I tell you, he's always Man. stealing from the. He steals from the best himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, go on. Anyway, sorry. Um, Man, completely lost track here. But anyway, so anyway, um, kind of a lot of the the ghosts you saw, basically in The Shining, he he apparently locks them away. Okay. And it, I felt like it was the cheap part because he gets rid of the woman in the bathtub, and imply he implies or says later on he got rid of all these other ones. Uh, I'm assuming the guy in the bear costume was one of them too. Uh, fans of The Shining know what I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, so he grows up and kind of becomes an alcoholic like his dad, except because he never dealt with the trauma of what happened to him as a child. I was going to say, pretty traumatic childhood. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a raging alcoholic. Uh, you see him in a bar with a girl, and he's just like mercilessly beats a guy. And um, The movie does get pretty dark. Um, it is Florida, though. It's pretty harsh down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the movie gets... He he does kind of go, go down, I mean... Um, there, there's a scene where even Dick, even though he's dead, comes back and he's like shaking his head at him, like, "What have you become, man? What have you become?" Um, but anyway, he he moves up north because you know that's where that's where Stephen King is from, so everything has to take place in New England. <laughs> so he and let me guess, he passed by a sign that said Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually referenced in the book, not in the movie. Always. Oh, <laughs> uh, so is Salem's Lot in the book. Anyway, move. Get get. Let's not get bogged down. Um. Well, anyway, he moves to uh, this town in New England and kind of befriends this guy. And he, this guy operates like a a train in this park. Like they they made a little version of the town in this park, and apparently in the summer they give kids a ride on this train and um it's in the book and i shouldn't be going back to the books the book and movie are completely different things <laughs> um you find out that the guy we get it dakota <laughs> you can read <laughs> you find out the guy who he meets has has a little bit of the shining and he sees something and danny knows he's running from something tries oh. to tries to give him a hand up finds him a place to live gets him a job um but anyway, you find out that through his years of just alcohol abuse and just anger and rep- he repressed the shining. Like he hasn't seen Dick, he hasn't like uh, basically really experienced anything this whole time. And then when he he starts going to AA, now that his life's kind of I shouldn't say getting back on track, more like <laughs> not being a dumpster fire. But, uh, yeah, he starts going to AA, and he starts reading the blue book and becomes, I guess, best friends with Bill W. I'm assuming that's the guy's name. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, does it, it are, like, just looking at, like, maybe thematically what they were trying to do with this movie, is it kind of taking it from a view of, like, this is kind of a story of a man dealing with his demons, but they're doing it in a very supernatural sort of way? Is that kind of what this movie kind of was, uh, more, more or less? Yes, yes, very much so. It's almost... It's this movie kind of spends most of its time trying to redeem Dan Torrance. He's not Danny anymore, obviously. He's grown man. Man still, you know, he's going well, by Danny. I mean, Danny McBride. Oh man, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito's in his seventies, and he's you know, still Danny. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta pick one person from opposite ends of the spectrum. Dan, Danny Elfman. <laughs> okay, there you go. You got me. But, but maybe he should go by Dan, though. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, and then we're we're kind of introduced to I don't know the the female lead of this movie at this point. Uh, this the family's kind of having this birthday party. Um, there's a clown there. He does like a magic trick where he makes like a uh, pencil disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a spoon like hang from his. I I've. Hang from his nose. Just, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, I could do that too." And then, like, all the silverware is like floating in this family's <laughs> kitchen. It's crazy. But just let you know, this girl has some sort of either, if not shining ability, <laughs> carry like ability. That uh, was my the first thing that crossed my mind. I was like, "Oh, we got a a carry, but she's from a good home." Okay, and the clown's name was Nickel Fool, <laughs> not to be confused with Pennywise. <laughs> Oh man! Hey kids, it's Nickel Fool the Clown. <laughs> oh man! You know I am a little bit shocked just um, just because you know it is Warner Brothers that put out it, and it's Warner Brothers that did this. Oh yeah! It's like I'm surprised yeah. there wasn't some sort of reference to either it or in it a reference to The Shining at all, because uh, Pet Cemetery, which has nothing to do. Yeah, don't they reference Pennywise or something? Uh, they reference the town of Derry, and I think it was oh, Sony yeah. that put out that movie. So it's like, I think what, it was Sony, what yeah. is going on with this this quote unquote Steven? Wow, I almost said Steven Steven Spielberg world, um, Stephen King. Yeah, world. and who put out Dark Tower? That was also Sony. That was Sony too. Yeah, huh? Which I think in there they did have a reference to Pennywise also, and. The Pet Cemetery, I think. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, they were they were going all out in that movie, except you know uh, when it came to good writing. <laughs> but back to the story. Uh, then, we're, then after all this happens, we're introduced to the villains of the movie, which is this. I don't know. A man in black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the accurate way to describe them. It's a group of people that they kind of just travel around. They look gypsies. They do look like gypsies. So now we're in thinner territory. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ethnical gypsies, but the oh, okay. theoretical gypsies. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, they travel around and they look for. Um, they kind of go for children, but I think that's just who they're capable who who they could locate. Hmm. Um, that have this, they have a little bit of the shining and apparently when they die horribly, they release this thing called steam 
and these people consume this steam and it keeps them young. Okay. Yeah, and then you find out a few members of this crew, uh, they call themselves the True Knot. Like N-O-T? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, there's there's a whole thing, but, you know, uh, I don't got time to go into it. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, But anyway, they, in a really, really weird kind of get cameo in the movie, uh, you see them pick up this victim played by Jacob Trombley. Okay. He yeah, shows up in this movie. He's in huh? the movie for like four minutes maybe. <laughs> and most of those are in flashback. Well, there you go. But I, I'm not going to go into what happens. It's it's pretty horrible. But uh, um, the female protagonist, her name's Abra. Kind of like. Cadabra? <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, she, because she's so strong in the shine, uh, she, even though she, this happens in Iowa, he's picked up by this crew and they take him to this abandoned oil refinery or whatever it is. And they commit, they do their ritualistic killing, um, of the boy. And even though she's in new England, she's cap- She still like feels it. Like she's, she lives the moment through his eyes. And watches what happens. And yeah, she's kind of scarred because of that whole thing. But she doesn't really know who to turn to. But also at the same time, she's also able to psychically reach out and communicate with Dan. Ah. Like uh, if you've seen the trailer, they he has like a wall that's a blackboard. And that's how they communicate back and forth. Um. But eventually, things kind of start escalating, escalating. The True Knot, um, the leader of the pack, uh, is played by Rebecca Ferguson. And she senses Abra from all the way across the country. And, of course, eventually she's like, oh, we're getting low on steam. We've got to get this girl. It's probably the biggest biggest pile of steam we've ever seen. <laughs> got to keep this locomotive going. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, people. I didn't take notes while I was watching it, all right? I also feel like a lot has happened, <laughs> but at the same time, not a lot has happened. It mostly seems to be just kind of leading up to just Dan and this girl connecting, I would assume, here. Yeah. So. It, uh, like I said, obviously she doesn't have anywhere to go. It's like uh, you can tell your parents like something like this. They're going to be like, all right, we need to get this girl heavily medicated. Um, but anyway, Dan tries to help her the best he can. Uh, him and his buddy go to Iowa, go to where the boy was killed, find his glove. Uh, with this glove, Avra is able to touch it and find the true knot through some, I don't know how this, this whole shining thing works, man. It was a lot simpler. It was a lot simpler in the shining. <laughs> But eventually the true knot does come after them. And at that point in time, I feel that's where the movie kind of turn, like takes like a left turn. And I'm still on the fence if that was good or bad because Dan and his friend are like, let's get some hunting rifles and mow these people down. (laughs) Uh, Long story short, uh, the True Knot is basically mostly dead, uh, except for the leader, Rose the Hat, played by Rebecca Ferguson, like I said, uh, decides to come after them. 
And Dan decides the best course of action is to take the girl to the Overlook Hotel and kind of like <laughs> trap Rose there. And why does he pick the Overlook to do that? Oh, because we need like a throwback to The Shining. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's this this third act that I think is where the film really suffers. Hmm. Because it it seems like it was made mostly to please fans of the original. Hmm. He's walking through sets that, uh, obviously, the hotel's like a lot more run down than what we saw in The Shining, which took place you know forever ago. But yeah, uh, it just it just seems like tailor made for fan service. Hmm. And then of course Rose shows up. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a standoff um, s- through s- some machinations. All these monsters that Dan has locked away throughout the years get loose. And then... Like from his mind? Yes. Okay. And then they go after Rose and they, they kill her. I'm spoiling the movie for you at this point. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a lot to take in, and I was not sure how to sum this all up. Uh, I am not gonna, I'm not gonna ruin the ending for you, but I feel like the the ending is actually very heartfelt, and yeah, it, it for for a brief second there, my eyes did well up because <laughs> it's it's kind of it send it basically ends this kind of uh, this the the, the torrents family line i guess or the family story you know that started with the shining and that's at the end of this movie basically closes the book on everything but uh i don't know overall i think it's a really good movie it definitely has its moments like i feel like the out of the flanagan movies i've seen one of his strong points is like the cinematography and kind of look of it and the way he kind of moves the camera through like is that how do you feel about that in this movie? Does it kind of have that? Oh, the cinematography is great. Um, the music, just just absolutely glorious. And uh, even the acting in this movie, I thought was really really good. It's just I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was there was too much king on this. I know that sounds. Was he? Was he? How close were his fingers to this movie? Like, was he? Did he touch this movie at all? Or um, I'm really not sure. I know that his his major gripe was kind of he wanted it to be a sequel, which is what the book is the sequel uh, a sequel to the book, not the movie. Oh, and this third act was very much movie. Yeah, movie centric. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I just. I don't know. He I'm, should. They should have made it a sequel to the television movie oh. that Stephen King was involved in, that had uh, Stephen Weber and Rebecca De Mornay. Oh man! <laughs> Let me tell you, I actually watched that not too long ago. It has not aged well. I, I would argue it wasn't great when it was new. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I just remember when Stephen Weber fully kind of goes crazy in that don't they give him like makeup effects that make him look more like a monster don't they add things to his face to make him look more monstery oh i i feel like i remember that maybe not maybe there's just like a scene like that i think there's 
one scene, and I think they did that also in um, the stand too, where they like disfigured his face for like a moment. Oh, because the stand did that with you know they call him the Walking Dude, who's just that that the, man in black guy, the Antichrist, basically in the yeah. Stephen King universe, Antichrist, the devil, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, basically took away all the religious iconography from the character. Like, well, it's the Antichrist, but we can't call him that. He was the anti, you know, anti-good. <laughs> okay, so, like, would you at least recommend people watching this? I would. And um, obviously this is based on you probably should at least have seen The Shining or know The Shining a little bit for this to even make more sense, I suppose. Uh, it would definitely help. I wouldn't say it's required. Like not, I said, this a... is this is really a Dan Torrance like focused story. It doesn't, and I think that's that's the strength of the director. I, I think someone else would have just like thrown way too many like callbacks to The Shining. Probably would have had like a digital insert of Jack Nicholson in here somewhere. Yeah, sure. They the I am gonna warn people the character of. Jack Torrance does show up in this, though. Just just brace yourself. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is kind of hard because I feel like it's lose-lose because people complain when it's, like, CGI com- created and people complain when you just have a reenact, you know, like, what happened in this, like, a knockoff of sorts. And so, because, I mean, no matter what, it's going to be a knockoff. And nobody's ever happy with knockoffs. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised because the actor that plays Dick Holleran was really good. Um, the actress that plays... Who plays who plays Dick? Oh, I forget his name. I think... Oh, man. He does a lot of TV work. Carl Lumbly? Oh, okay. Which I think I'm mostly familiar with him as the voice of Martian Manhunter from the Justice League cartoon. It was on the early 2000s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he did voice uh, Martian Manhunter, didn't he? Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Carl Lumley. Yeah, not too many other big names in this besides you and McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson, huh? And Carl Lumley. Uh, yeah. Kinda Bruce Greenwood shows up, it looks like. A lot. You know, I'm honestly surprised the director didn't use more of his... It seems like he does kind of have like these actors that he uses over and over again. Um, there's a few, a few from the Haunting of Hill House that show up in this. Oh sure, well yeah, Henry Thomas, he's in uh, Haunting of Hill House, isn't he? And yeah, so yeah, interesting. But yeah, uh, it it is interesting when a movie like this happens, and you kind of in your in the back of your head go, this can't be good, you know? But at the same time, I think what probably helps this one is just you do have a more pedigree director, a director who maybe is a, knows what he's doing and maybe isn't just doing it kind of straight up for a paycheck even. Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting. So, you give it a recommend. Yes, I do. You give it a recommend. Maybe it wasn't your favorite, but you still enjoyed your time watching it. Yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. I mean, um, I just God, horror movies are just so bad lately, and I think that's the. I thing. would argue that most horror movies are bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of more. 
here and there that there's actually yeah. a good one. But I was just talking with somebody about uh, how the Conjuring universe isn't really, it's like, ugh. Like with those last two movies, you know, The Curse of Law. Oh. Yeah, Oh, I kind of yeah, forgot. That, I kind of forgot that was tied to the Conjuring. Yeah, the the third Annabelle movie. It's like, oh, it's starting to get into mediocrity. Yeah. Well, it's it's just when you take anything that had anything that was special, when you just drag it forever, it's gonna lose its luster yeah. <laughs> after a time. Uh, you know, by the time you have, uh, uh. What is it? Jason goes to Manhattan or whatever. I mean, you know, any series just goes on so long that it loses its luster. Or, or saw the final chapter, maybe, and then we're going to make another one anyway. You know, things like that. Uh, but yeah, so Dr. Sleep. Uh, Dakota gives it a worth checking out. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what to tell you. I do know that I have liked other things this director has done, and I do like Ewan McGregor. So who knows? But I think with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, yeah, if you could go out there and reach out to us in different ways. We're on Facebook. It's a good good way to kind of keep up with us. We put trailers and any other updates on there. Uh, if you want to subscribe to us through iTunes or YouTube or any of those places, that's always great. All those mean a lot to us. We feel so so special and and warm inside when you do that. So we hope you do, and we thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you later. Bye.